Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I have Sonia with me. Hello, Sonia. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, you guys probably know Sonia from Grateful Posture on Instagram and Poshmark Life Sales because she's everywhere. Um, but I honestly cannot wait to sit down and chat with her. And you guys can hear all about her life before reselling, what led her to full-time reselling, live selling, and lots more. We've already been chatting for 30 minutes, so let's just get <laughs> right into it. We will see you at the table. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Of course. I'm excited to have this conversation. We have kind of similar backgrounds when it comes to certain things. And I think we are, our viewpoints are very similar in a lot of a lot of things, but we do two totally different business models when it comes to reselling. And I'm excited to get into that. I'm excited to learn a bit more about your backstory. Mm -hmm. And I think to have our listeners really get a different perspective on how to make live selling work for you and how to look at selling in a different perspective with a more business mentality. Um, I love that because it's how I look at my reselling yeah. business, but I know for other people, it can be very overwhelming to, to start looking at your business that way, because maybe it started off as a hobby, or maybe you still kind of really want it in that hobby space, but in the future, maybe business is where you want to take it. So before we get into all of that stuff, <laughs> let's just have you introduce yourself to everyone, how you get into reselling, and we'll just take it from there. Awesome. Oh, I'm so excited for this. So, <laughs> um, well... Now you know me. Uh, my name is Sonia. <laughs> Grateful Posher on Instagram and on Poshmark. I basically was a shopper. I've been on Poshmark for like years. And then um, I was in the beauty industry. And of course, you know, pandemic happened. I lost my job and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this reselling thing again. And then I um, ended up getting a job. Oh, so hard to say. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember the thing. Um, social media is my background. So I got into marketing with a PR agency and all that jazz. And, you know, it came to a point where I was like, I'm not happy. I miss the shopping. Like that was fun for me, creating content for my business and, you know, just living on my own terms, um, or working on my own terms. And I just one day quit my job and I went full force with reselling. And, you know, that was, uh, like December, 20, what are we in? 2023, 22, 21. And then last year was my first um, year really going into it, like full-time, like dedication to my reselling business. And then live sales came out in what, October is when yeah, I, got I think access. so. Yeah. I got access in like October and I have not looked back. Like my whole business model is pretty much just around live sales. I went full force October, um, November, December. I had to do my months. It's okay. <laughs> I do that with the alphabet sometimes. It's fine. And then December happened, you know, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break because holidays and then my birthday. And then I kept extending it. And I was like, okay, it's time. Like it's time. And um, March of this year. Yes. Yeah, so in August, I can't believe it's August already. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to 100% dedicate my time to this. I'm going to figure out what's going to work for me. I'm going to focus on building my brand, focus on building my, you know, following, make sure I'm consistent. I started doing one show a week. Um, since then, 
and I've not taken a break. I always have my shows on Tuesdays. I always show up and it has been insane. Like for my business, like it, it's like, we'll get into it into more details, but it is probably been one of the best decisions is to really step away from the business model of just listening to, you know, almost like a hybrid, but definitely heavier on the live sales for sure. You said that you had done reselling before. Was that on like a part-time basis? What did that look like for you? Was it just like selling some stuff just to sell things and make money? It was was on part-time basis. I mean, I took a couple of courses and, you know, I was like, okay, I really want to do this. So I invested money into a course and to really learn how to like check comps. So it wasn't just a hobby, but I was really learning how to, you know, pull the things that are going to, you know, profit for me and not just buy stuff that's going to sit in my closet. So that was like the mindset I was going into, uh, 2022. Yes. I'm like still trying to figure out my years. <laughs> I think we all yeah. are at this point. I know. I'm like, what, what year is it? Um, 2022. And that was like, okay, I'm going to pick up only things with, you know, a certain profit margin and things like that. And I tried to like, started getting into like a little bit more designer or luxury pieces. Like I love Jimmy Choo shoes. I don't know why, but they always do really well for me. Um, and that was like where I was like, you know, working towards and building that type of a closet. And I think I finally got to like 400 listings and, you know, I was making decent money. Um, I cannot complain. I had my goal. I hit my goals. And that was like, I was like, this is bare minimum what I need to right. make or sell or whatever may be just to pay my bills. So I don't have to ask my husband for money. <laughs> like that was my goal. <laughs> like, I just want to pay my own bills and be able to shop and, you know, have that creative outlet. So yeah, that's where it started and it ended with live sales. It's so interesting because you completely shifted a hundred percent and you're not the only one. Other people have done this as well in the community. Um, but I feel like there's some people that kind of bounce back and forth. They are hmm. full on live sale sales. And then all of a sudden they're like, mm, I got to start listing again. Live sales aren't doing it for me. And it's, I, I feel like it's a, it's a constant push and pull with live selling and we can definitely talk about that. But before we, we get into all the nitty gritty of life selling, mm-hmm. um, where did, so you said that you were very, you were impressed basically with like how you were able to grow your business so quickly in this short span of time, right? With live sales. Did you ever imagine that your reselling business would look the way that it does right now? Because it's not just you live selling, like you're full on marketing your business. It's yeah. like, it is out there on social media. Yeah. I, I mean, I always knew that social media was going to play a big part in no matter what the situation. So the way that I always explained it, even when I was just listing, and I think this applies even more to when you're just focusing on your listing, um, aspect of Poshmark and not even live sales, because you have to look at your Poshmark almost like a landing page. You cannot rely on Poshmark for help. Okay. Like they don't care about you. You are one of billion, I don't know what are millions of users. They don't care about, you know, if you're having a small little problem and your sales are down, you have to find a way to market yourself, whether it be social media or, you know, starting a podcast, or there's so many different ways, a blog, whatever it may be, you have to find a way to market your own business. And when you treat it like a like a a boutique and a landing page, that's when like magic happens because you're using social media to show people how to style the pieces that you have for sale in your closet, how, you know, do flat lays, whatever it may be, think Pinterest worthy 
Instagram pretty pictures. Maybe it's the, you know, the, the back end of like how you source. Um, but you should definitely your, my personal, you know, Instagram and things like that, as far as like content goes, it's marketing to everybody. It's not just resellers. It's all the new people. Cause if you look at your, you know, um, insights on Instagram, you'll see how many of your followers are watching your content versus non-followers. And the non-followers are key because you want them to end up on your Poshmark. So if you figure out how to market Poshmark as a landing page and treat it as such, think of it as a Shopify, not a Poshmark platform, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a game changer for you. I think that's such a great way to think about it. And I'm sure other people sitting there like, oh, I never thought of Poshmark as that way because you don't like you don't think of eBay that way either. But really, that's what eBay is. It's just a bunch of landing pages that populate for you and you just select the one that's for whatever reason caught your eye. And and this all, you know, this all plays into titles and pictures and all that kind of stuff, too. You know, all that stuff's very important. But what is it about your closet that's going to get that person to click and hopefully convert? But something that everyone needs to realize and maybe people are learning this with promoted closet is just because you have a lot of clicks doesn't mean that you're gonna get conversions because I'm gonna tell you right now if you're getting one to two percent conversions that's great like that is amazing I mean most people don't reach that amount no and I and I think you know on the subject of of the promoted listing (laughs) I think there's such a misconception I think that's the word um of what it's really supposed to be doing for your closet I mean I don't have I only have I think 120 listings because my, you know, I'm really primarily focused on live shows. Um, and I think people don't understand the power of the promoted listings. And I think I'm hoping that at Posh Fest, they're going to go a little bit more into detail of how it really actually helps your closet because it's not just about the sales. And I know a lot of people say, well, clicks don't bring me sales, but clicks bring you people, impression, brand impressions, bring you people to your closet, whether they buy the item that they saw or not, they're going to stick around. Maybe they'll follow you. Maybe they'll, they're going to jump in your live show. Maybe they're going to save other items for, you know, four or five months from now when they have money to buy that Mm -hmm. sweater or that jacket that they really want or the designer bag that you may have. So I think there's such a misunderstanding about promoted closet, um, and like how it's supposed to work. And I think the other big thing is people think that, you know, my budget is set for $30 a week. I don't want to spend, you know, how much ever a month to pay for this when it's not bringing me in sales. And I'm like, no, you're not paying for that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You're only paying for the clicks right now. I'm only being charged 29 cents. <laughs> because I've had a couple of clicks, you know, to my closet right. for whatever reason, because I don't have enough items, first of all, but that's, I think there's such a misconception there. And, you know, if you understand how Google works, you will come to appreciate how Poshmark promoted closet works for sure. Yeah. And I think there's two things there. One, this is not promoted listing like eBay or Depop or any of those other platforms. This is not that. <laughs> this mm-hmm. what what they're doing is mimicking what Google does basically and what a Shopify would do. That's basically what they're mimicking. Um and I think everyone needs to go into the mindset that one, that's a write-off. That money mm-hmm. that you're spending on it is a business expense. 29 um, cents. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but like, that's how that works. Number yeah. two, 
almost everyone that I've talked to has never hit their budget. I haven't hit my budget. Um, you set it where you think you're going to get the most exposure. And that's why you have that sliding scale. I think there's so many improvements they need to do to that sliding scale too. You should be able to enter in your own amounts. I think there's, there's a lot of things that they need to do to make this more comprehensive to people and make sense. Yeah. I'm not happy with what they've given us for data yeah. and everything. It doesn't make like, we were talking about this before because we worked in the, this side of like marketing and social media. I need to know literally every step that this person took. I need mm -hmm. to know what landing page they clicked on. I need to know why they like, how long were they there? Did they move to something else? What yeah. did that look like? What was this buyer's? Like, I need to know the whole thing yeah. start to beginning. They're never going to give us that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully one anyway. day, hopefully. I mean, hopefully one day, you know, so. never. <laughs> because that would really yeah. help. And also knowing what people are searching on the platform, just mm -hmm. like eBay does. Give yeah. me a list of what people are searching for. Give me a list of what the keywords are that are out there. What are people, but give me those specifics because that's going to help not only them make more money, because if we start yeah. sourcing what people are looking for, their business will go through the roof. Yeah, absolutely. And more people will pay for promoted classes. We'll That's money. the other thing, yeah, right? Like yeah. you want to make more money, Poshmark? Okay, you, you need buy-in. And right yeah, now, absolutely. the only buy-in that they're having is people who are seeing success, but can't quite understand why they're seeing success. Mm -hmm. And people that, that understand that backside of marketing and promotions and all of that. Those are the only two people that have buy-in right now. Everyone else, yeah. they don't yeah. want it. Isn't that crazy? It's so funny. And you try to, you know, explain it to people. They're just like, no, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, well, I'll just go ahead and pay my 29 cents. Yeah. You know? yeah I don't, and it's like, and then you look at their closets and you're like, well, you just don't have, cause you still have to have the items people are searching for in order right. for the promoted listings to work. And if you do not have that, then, you know, or you have to have, you know, the, the I don't want to, you know, sound bad, but like, you have to have pretty photos. Like you have to have mm -hmm. gorgeous photos for the person to be like, you know what? I want this, you know? And it's like, and it makes me really wonder too. Like if you do, you know, I use stock photos here and there. I model some stuff. Sometimes I'm just, you know, hanger, like it's cool. And it makes me wonder. I also want to know like are stock photos, you know, are they not pushing stock photos as much because, you know, technically you're not supposed to use stock photos. So maybe because of copyright things, like maybe those, those don't even get pushed at all. Like, I feel like there's so much information that we still need. And, you know, it's such a new program that I, I for sure think it's going to develop just like live sales did and mm -hmm. we'll get the information. But yeah, the other thing is like, I just want to know how long somebody spent in my closet. Like, you know, yep. and like, that's the number one thing. Yeah. Cause I mean, Linktree gives you that. Like when Linktree, right. if you click on somebody's link tree, it'll tell you how long they were in the link tree like area before they click the next thing. So it's like, we just want to know that. Like, we just want to know that they're, it's getting them to stay in your closet and they're clicking around and, you know, mm -hmm. understanding a little bit more of that versus just here it is, you know? And I think, right. I think with, you know, the acquisition and everything with the new company, I think we're going to get a lot of those. Cause they're, I think the, like the Google brand of, they are. Yeah. Asia. Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I really, truly, really, I think we're going to get some really cool tools. I know they're supposed to announce a lot of stuff at Poshfest. So, you know, I hope, hope sooner than later. We're all very hopeful all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I do think it's going to be, like I said, a lot of people got the update. I didn't get the update. I just checked my Poshmark 
and I don't have all the analytics that a lot of other people are have right now. So yeah, I have like the return on investment and all that now, but like some people get like a pop-up, they get like an actual pop-up that it shows you everything all pretty laid out. I don't have that. I don't have any of that. I'm still on, I'm still on the like (laughs) months ago where it's like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Here's how much you're paying and here's what you're getting. Okay. All I have. There's and, so many oh. components to all this. And I and we'll see. Poshfest is, you know, two months away. So we'll see um what happens there and what they come out with. I think they have and I, and they know this because I mean we've both talked to Poshmark over the weeks and um they know that they lack in the communication department. They're very aware that they lack in the communication <laughs> yeah. department. Um I also think their hands are very tied in a lot of things, like the people yeah. who go out and present them. Uh, present the company their hands are tied in a lot of stuff and they just can't yeah. share information from Absolutely. the higher ups it's just how it works when you work in these companies yeah so they get the brunt of it um but I, I think they're they have been very receptive through this process of the beta testing promoted closet and I'm honestly shocked by it because as a platform they have not been the best when it comes to this um, <laughs> but they but they have always been my number one platform so like yeah. yeah, eBay's there, but, and there, for a time, eBay was beating Poshmark when Poshmark was like falling off of a cliff completely for me. Um, but I, I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I, I can yeah. see it. It's like a glimmer. It's starting, it's starting to peek out. Um, and I mean, it's shown people like you success with live sales. And I think at first when live sales came out on Poshmark, it was kind of like, are they going to be able to do this right? Because yeah. they haven't been able to do anything right so yeah. far. Yeah. Did you go on whatnot at all or oh. no? <laughs> no, I was you like, should have all seen her face right like, now. Everyone was like, whatnot? Everybody jump on whatnot. And I was like, no, this is I'm not. So I Poshmark is also my like top platform. It's the only platform actually for me. I've like turned off. Well, first of all, eBay took away my access because I didn't want to give them my firstborn child and yeah, like all yeah. this security stuff. I was like, pass. Um they wanted some crazy stuff from me. I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird situation. I was like, man, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, Mercari, I think I had like one, two, three sales. I don't oh know. Oh my God. I just had this conversation with someone. I was like, in the last three years, I've made two sales on Mercari. It is shut off. Yeah. I like, mine's been on um, vacation. I keep turning on vacation because I just need to go in and like delete everything, you know? And so like my priority has been Poshmark because I go back to the, you know, I treat it like a store. Like it is my online mm-hmm. boutique my landing page. That's it. That's what Poshmark is to me. I don't rely on anything else other than it being what it is. Um, so when whatnot came out, everyone was like, jump on whatnot. To me, it was, I was like, I'm not working this hard to bring all of those people and now promote something completely different on my Instagram. Um, and my other pages to get people to whatnot, to maybe get like three, four people watching me. I just, to me, it seemed so like out of place like it it just it was a completely different um platform than like my personality like it just it, it didn't meet my, oh, no, hold on it did not meet my aesthetically pleasing ocd-ness requirement my first impression of whatnot when i went on was oh my god this is a garage sale i'm good get me out the black background what is this uh, what is happening it's yellow <laughs> and black i can't i could never i could never <laughs> my neutral you know life um i mean i watched some shows and i was like well this is kind of cool and my husband's like well you should try it and i'm like mm, i don't know and then like literally as i was like kind of like not contemplating it, but I was watching people and kind of doing my own like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
my whole thing was like, if you're going to work that hard to get people from Instagram or from your other platforms to whatnot, why don't you just sell live on your Instagram? That's what I literally said in the other, you know, to everybody else. I was like, just sell on Instagram and then do it that way. Um, and then live sales came out and then it was, it, it made sense to try live sales on Poshmark because your community was already there. You right. know, that you were already working so hard to build that trust and you have the reviews and you have all of that already in there, you know, that it didn't make sense. Sorry. My emails are going off. It's okay. <laughs> uh, it's, um, it didn't make, it just made sense to like really put all of my eggs in that basket right there and like really try it and go for it. And, you know, it just, it worked out. And I think the big thing, and I'm sure we'll get into this is a lot of people that I've tried it and said, it's not for me have tried it once or twice and left and never tried it again. And one thing that everybody should understand is, you know, I got, I don't want to say burnt out a little bit because I didn't have a system, you know, that December, January timeframe. And then when I said, okay, March it is. And I found a system that works. I knew one show a week was something I could really show up for and let it be that it took me from March. Well, I mean, really from October, but from March to this August, like last show was probably, it was such a fun show. And like, just really, let's say July. Yeah. Right. July, August. Yeah. July to really finally see the fruits of my labor and like to see like things really happening, you know, and people like that community. Like I, I was like, you know what? I made it. Like we're here. We're good. I feel good about it. You know, and I got to do the Poshmark um, event with a live sale. I don't know. Um, sorry my cat's just popped yeah, up on like, screen oh, little baby. <laughs> um, you know and it, it just opened up a lot of more opportunities um and being able to work with Poshmark and doing the Posh Live from the event like it was just I don't know everything's changed but it takes time and like a lot of people don't want to commit to that time because it can be disheartening when you have 15 10 people watching and nobody's bidding but it's those 10 15 people that continuously show up and then suddenly you know, you've got 20 to 25, then you're doing 30 to 35 people watching. Suddenly you've got 50, 60 people. And like this last show, we were at like 100, 125. And I was like, who are you people? Like, where did you, where are you guys coming from? I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> like, who are you? You know, yeah. so it takes time to snowball the success of a live sale, I feel like. So let's kind of like start during that planning phase of live selling for you. So during that time where you were trying to figure out, okay, like, what do I want this to look like? What's my commitment level going to be? What types of items do I want to include? What did that look like for you? How did you brainstorm all that? Because I feel like it can be very overwhelming to people because you see some bigger sellers doing two or three shows and they run for five or six hours. Like you are very committed to that one to two hour. I know, I know you've gone longer, but like, I'd say like that two to three hour frame is like, Kind of where you no, no longer than that. A six-hour show, girl. We what? are a six-hour dance party. Yes. Oh my gosh. You, okay. But when your shows before a little bit shorter. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, okay. I was gonna say yeah. I'm pretty sure they were short at one point. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were okay. much shorter. But here's so it was a lot of trial and error to find 
what uh, my friend Jenna and I say, the system, um, yeah. because I tried it all. I wanted to see what really worked for me in the beginning. It was pop-up sales. It was like 10 items. I would just do a 10 item show because I knew that if I sold a couple of pieces, it would trigger the, the Poshmark algorithm and then I would get more normal sales. So that's where it really started was that. Then I was like, okay, how do I get people to buy all the items? Then it was like, I'm going to do an AM show. And if nothing, if it doesn't sell, then we'll do a PM show. And then like, everybody was like, no, we want all these pieces, you know? And then like they would sell. And then I did that for a while. Then one time I was so excited about like items that I had on a rack that I was going to list that the girls that were watching, you know, all 18, 15 of them were like, show us. And then like, I showed a couple of pieces and it was like, they wanted it right away. And it sold for like, you know, decent amount. And then that turned into, we want sneak peeks of what is supposed to be listed. We want first access to it. And I would give him a better deal than it would be like listed for. So if I had a designer item, I'd be like, okay, you guys can have it at $50 or a hundred dollars, you know, like farm address for $90 mm-hmm. instead of it being listed for two something. Right. And then if they bid, they, they did. If not, then it just got listed, you know? And then that's, I was in that like realm for a solid five months, I would say, um, where they just loved the sneak peeks and being able to say yay or nay, we want that before you list it or put it in the next show, you know? Um, and then I had the big Barbie core show that was like a hundred item, all pink. I was like, I'm not taking photos. Your girl's got no time to take photos. (laughs) Right, right, right. And everybody loved it. They were like, oh my gosh, it's kind of like a surprise. Like just do this, you know, like hundred items. We love it. Whatever. I think the following show, there was one of the shows, this is like literally over like eight months, right? So the following show, my AC broke in my office. So it's been like hot in here. Thank God it's working now. But um, it was like, listen, I don't, I don't have, there's no way that I'm going to be able to take photos of this. Like I'm dying, you know, like you're lucky I'm still doing a show. Right, right. Just a little fan and like ice water. Um, it was like hot yoga room in my office every time I did a show. So we just started doing photos and then we would still do like the sneak peeks. And then I was like, listen, is it just easier if I just list everything? I think one day I just listed everything and they were like, we love this idea. We don't need photos because I try on everything in my show. I always buy stuff that I personally would also wear that makes me happy, which I think, you know, we'll talk about like sourcing for your shows. Um, So I try everything on. I teach them how to style it. So I literally say, you know, this is how you could wear it. And this is how you could wear it. And, And that was like the first show where everybody was like, we love this system. We love how much faster it's going. It's still a five, six hour show. And I'll tell you, it's not because I have a lot of items because I could go, here's the next item and go, you know, I think it's, there's an entertainment value that if you watch a lot of the bigger shows, it's literally a TV show. Look, I have a group of girls that get together, you get a bottle of wine and watch my shows on Tuesdays just for the entertainment. Like you have to entertain people. And that's where it turns into a five, six hour show, you know, and you're selling 80 to hundred pieces. Um, but you're only doing it once a week and that's the best part about it. You don't have to think about it after that, you know? And so that's kind of where it's developed. This was this last show, this last Tuesday, I would say Friday, this last Tuesday mm-hmm. was the second time we've done a large amount of number or items just 
number or not numbers, just titles, no photos, some photos of like stock photos. If I just really wanted them to see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, and people just love, I was very against like no photos, but people love, they loved it. They were like, we, we want to be surprised. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that saves me a whole day of work. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and you've yeah. built an audience around it, which I think, mm-hmm. and so it goes to that point that you said about it being a show and being entertaining. When I watch you, it's like watching QVC. And I think, but no, but it's a good thing because yeah. you're able to show this is how you wear the piece. And this is how you do, that's what those ladies do or gentlemen yeah. that are on that show yeah. is there, they have the models and it's styled and they show it to you or they have the piece in front of them and they like, you know, open up the bag and show you all these different, this is what the bag looks like. And it could be, you know, a crossbody or a shoulder bag. Yeah. That's, I that I think is what live selling should be. I'm not saying the other ways aren't right and that they don't work because they do, they do work. But I think if you want to make it your sole way to make money instead of listing, you've got to do something similar to what you're doing. Because I think that's the only way you're going to capture the attention of people. You're going to yeah. keep them there the whole time. You are going to build those relationships with the customers that you need for them to keep coming back. Like, I think there's so many components that are so important um, because it's not, it's not just lifting that item up and saying, we're going to run this. Not if you want it to be sustainable. No, not at all. I think you have to think of live selling as a way. And it's so funny because I have, you know, you, everyone's going to have their regulars. We've come to a point where, you know, I, I, I start dancing in the show and then we start talking about Zumba and then we're like, should we do a Zumba like Zoom? And they're like, yes. And then, you know, we were talking about doing coffee chats on Zoom. You're literally building that relationship with your customers and with your buyers. And when you start asking them, what, what did they want? It makes them feel like part of the process. And I think that's what live sales are really about. I come on and I say, listen, I work for you. You tell me what you want. I've started asking them, okay, what do you want to see next week? You know, cause we just did right. a, a big like color, like lots of color. So what do you want next week? Do you want neutrals? Do you want color? I, most people were like neutrals, 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 neutrals. I'm like, okay, we're going back to neutrals. What do you want? And I literally, no joke wrote a list. I said, keep going. I wrote down on my phone exactly what you wanted. They wanted false skirts. Great. I found two for the next show. They wanted a um, couple of dresses, found some neutral dresses, like really, you know, cute ones that you could take now or fall, found some more blazers. They want, they love blazers. These girls, I don't know how many blazers y'all can have, but these girls love <laughs> blazers and jackets. You know, you go and get more blazers and jackets. They want sweaters, cable knit sweaters to be particular. Okay, great. I will get you some cable knit sweaters. You know, so when you start asking them what they want, yes, you're going to get to know your clientele and what exactly what they're shopping for, what works and what doesn't. And if you're not doing that after your live sales, going through and analyzing what sold for how much, knowing, you know, and like learning the patterns of your clients, like you, you should start doing that. Uh, Cause you'll see like, okay, these items have sold over whatever your threshold is, $25. So then you know that they like that style and you can go back and source that style. But um, lost my train of thought completely. Uh, we Did- were talking about building that clientele. <laughs> I told you there was going to be stories off of stories. That's okay. That's okay. But um, yeah, when you build that clientele and you, you know they, they come to trust you and they're getting quality pieces, you know, knock on wood, no one's complained. Everyone's well, I'm like, please, you know, and I always tell them, if you find something 
please let me know. I will take care of it. Like I have always stood behind that because, you know, shows you're moving so fast, um, that sometimes things do get missed, you know, Mm -hmm. and you gotta be able to take care of that client without them having to send a 10 item bundle back, which please give us that option to return items without bundles. Please let that be it. Right. Please let that be something. Yeah, Yeah, please soon. Anytime. Whenever you're ready, we'll be waiting. Um, But they come to trust you. And so you become their personal stylist. Like I caught myself, you know, because- I was just going to say that you're a stylist at this point. Yeah, nobody wants- Personal shopper. Exactly. And nobody, you know, when we're sourcing, nobody wants to tell people you're a reseller because like then you get, you know, your hand slapped by the employees and they're like, you know. So I caught myself saying I'm a personal shopper. And then ever since I got into that mentality, I'm like, wait a second, I am a personal shopper. Like I am putting these looks together for these girls. I'm teaching them how to wear these looks. I'm, you know, like I've had clients, I keep calling them clients because I'm in that personal. They are clients though. Like shopper, you know, I've had to message me on Instagram and say, Sonia, I bought these jackets. I literally have no idea how to wear them. And I've created mood boards and like pictures and sent them to like from Pinterest. I just go on Pinterest and pull some photos. I'm like, you can style like this, like this, like this. Then you go to the next one, you know, and you send them those photos. And she was like, oh my God, thank you so much. I have this dress. I need this item. And then I go and find that dress for them. And then I put it in the show and then they bid. And if they win, they win, you know? And so it becomes this whole, like you're building relationships. And I think, you know, that's been my system and that's what works for me. And you're right. You cannot just hold an item up and just say, okay, the next item is this. And it's a size small, who wants it? It's not going to work. You know, it might work. I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to work. It might work and it does work for a lot of people. But for me, I wanted it to be more of an experience when you come to a show and, you know, where you want to hang out with everybody. And that's why, you know, we have jokes here and there. And, it, you know, sometimes it gets, you know, <laughs> a little, you know, PG-13, but <laughs> they love it. They're, you know, they, they feel involved and they feel I don't want to say seen, but it's like, they don't feel like they're just there to make you money. And which is, I always tell them it's not about the money. Cause they're like, are you making money off this? Is it, it, don't even worry about that because I do pay up for some items. And if sometimes you lose money on that particular item, but it all evens out. And I tell them, it's not about that. It's the fact that I love to shop. I love to curate looks. This is a passion. Like I'm having so much fun. And then I get to hang out with you guys on Tuesdays. Like and show you that like in the fact that you guys like what I find it's a it's a validating feeling for me that like I'm doing what I really truly love you know and I'm like oh well they think I'm funny (laughs) or they think they think they really like me (laughs) um so it's I don't it's yeah that's I mean you build a relationship and if you can find something that works for you to where you can make it more than just another live sale. It's, you know, if you can make it the, I always call it the real housewives of posh, um, kind of experience. Like that's amazing. Yeah. They will keep coming back because they want to know what's going on. What is the week? And we'll have cliffhangers too. So like, um, I can't remember what happened. Oh, I sold my like live notification post one time and, um, totally side story. Um, and everyone's like, Oh, you know, cause I had like 600 people on this like notification thing. And once it's sold, like there's no saving right. it. And thankfully the girl was so sweet. Um, and she was like, uh, you know, I was like, please take your card out. We'll rerun your items on Friday. Cause it's usually like 48 hours. I don't know, just to be safe. And I was like, everybody, you know, everyone was like, Oh my God, I can't wait to find out what happened, how this played out. It was so funny in the comments. It was like, 
oh my gosh, you're going to have to tell us what happens. And then like the next show was like, I know you guys have all been waiting to hear an update on this, a cliffhanger. I can't wait to, you know, and it's literally like a episode of the right, Real right. Housewives of Posh, you know, like you give them like the sidebar, you know, the, um, the confessionals, yes. while, you're like, I have this item. And then out of nowhere, my ADD kicks in. I'm like, oh my gosh, but I have to tell you this first. And it's like a confessional, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you just have to find what works for you and how to get them involved and make them feel part of the process versus just them feeling like they're being sold to. I think that's yeah. the whole part of my story. <laughs> A 20 minute rant. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. No, I, and I think that just shows how you've built your brand. And yeah. the styling thing is, I think, is really who you are as a person because even mm-hmm. the way that you dress yourself, right? Like, that's what you emulate. It's very like capsule wardrobe. It's mm-hmm. very, there's a very specific look that you go for yourself mm-hmm. and you want to be able to emulate that to other people so they can yeah. trust you in this process. And I think, I think that's really important, especially when you want to make live sales your thing. Like this yeah. is the way that I'm going to make my full-time income is doing this. One thing that I wanted to touch on, and we can go right to sourcing is that you're buying, and I think this is so interesting about live sales because I don't think it translates 100% to traditional selling. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. I, I will say the comment. It does not translate to traditional yeah. selling. Is doesn't Brand not. doesn't matter on live sales. And we can say brand doesn't <clears throat> matter on traditional listing, but it kind of does. Um, sometimes style is enough, but I would say the majority, this is speaking just to Poshmark, most Poshmark buyers are looking for a specific style, a specific brand, because that's what they really want. On a live sale, if it's similar to a piece that they've been looking at, they don't really care about the brand as much. It's totally different. It's how totally how do you balance that, I guess? Because, <laughs> and I think that's where, that's where I struggle as a traditional seller. It's like, why would I ever pick that up when I'm watching a live sale? I'm like, I would never pick that up, but she just sold it for $35. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very interesting how it all comes to be. I think a lot of people are like, well, you're not really making money because this item sold on this. One thing, first of all, when it comes to sourcing, what you have to really think about is the average cost of goods. So like my average cost of goods is always between five and $7. Even if I paid $25, 30 right. for an item, it all levels out and you have to get out of the mindset. A lot of people are like, oh, I paid $10 for this piece and I need to make 50, 60 on this to like make it worth it. You know what I mean? Right. And a lot of people are stuck on that one item. So they don't, so if you have a designer in your show, which I don't very very rarely have designer in my, um, in my shows, but like somebody's like, oh, well they paid, I'm sure they paid $150 and they only made a hundred dollars on it, you know, but you have to look at how much did they pay for all the other items as well, because it all comes out to, you know, maybe they paid a dollar per item right. for the other one. So it all evens out completely. So that's the first thing is it, it's just a completely different, like way of sourcing. You have to keep your cost of goods low. You have to have a start number. You know, some people do $3, $5. I don't understand that because mm. you still have to get paid for the time you spent shopping, right? Correct. Um, so for me, it's always been $15 unless I like there's an item that I'm like, 
I'm just going to start this at $10. Or if there's like a damage and they're like, we want it. I'll start at like $5, just so it makes mm-hmm. sense, you know, and you're making a dollar on it, you know? Um, but I always start at 15. So even if it sells at 15, I'm, you know, making a profit because like I said, my average is five to seven yeah. and, um, at 15, you're making what, like 1295, I think, yeah. so even if you're paying $9 for your lot of items, which is very rare, you're still making money on top of that. And I think what people don't like, they want to make that high number, but like, if you're happy and this is a, a mindset thing. If you're happy at $15 and you come to appreciate and be grateful for even the $15 sales, your items will sell for more down the line, you know, because no matter what you're making money. So when I even sell an item at 15, I am so excited because I know that I still made a decent profit and there's very, maybe in like stocks, you can make that kind of money overnight, but there's not very many places where you could take $5 and make it into a $10 profit overnight basically mm-hmm. you know um and i think that's the first thing people need to understand that mindset and and cost of goods as far as sourcing items yes sometimes it's great to have those brands and those you know higher end names whatever but let me tell you these girls don't care if you have the style i always say no one's going to look at your tag how are they going to know that you're wearing you know walmart like, like you know, they're not Walmart. First of all, is the new Target, and Target is the new Macy's. So I don't care what anybody says. Um, like if it's good quality, like it feels good, and it doesn't look like it's gonna fall apart, and doesn't feel like that cheap mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Get it because if you can style it and you can teach somebody how to wear that item, they're gonna want that piece. You know what I mean? A simple black blazer, a black beauty blazer, just sold for one hundred eleven dollars. Even I was shocked. <laughs> like, what brand was like, it? I don't know. It's some no brand. Dress. <laughs> it says dresses on it. Like it's probably part of a like dress set. You know what I mean? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it doesn't matter if you can show people how to wear certain items, and they make you excited, and they're um gonna make you happy. If you love the item, they're gonna love the item. And I think that's the other thing is like you can't just pick up a piece where you're like, oh. I don't really, I don't like this, but I think it'll do well. It's going to translate in video. They're going to know you're faking it. Like fake it in video. Like I, at least for me, I'm like very much, you can tell my expression. I was going to say, but you're just animated in general. So I I have to be like extra animated to be like, like I, there was something the other day. Um, and I found like a small something, I think. And like my friend texted me after she's like, you can see it all over your face. Cause I just slowed down and I was looking at the jacket really closely and I kind of like stopped talking, you know, <laughs> like, start, and then it was fine. Like the jacket was fine afterwards. Yeah. I, I'm not the person that can hide my emotions. Um, so they'll tell, they can tell when you're excited about something, when you're not excited about something. So you have to find pieces that make you happy. And that really, so it, it may be patterns you know, and you love patterns and you love color. And those are the things that make you happy. But if you start doing that, just know, you know, it takes time to build a clientele that loves that stuff. So for me, it was neutrals. So it took me a long time to get people to a point where they're, they love this neutral. And I only attract people that really love the neutral. I call it the rich auntie look like, um, they quiet luxury, quiet luxury, the influencer, like, yeah. Um, 
it takes a while to build that clientele. So like whatever it is that you decide is like your thing, maybe it's all vintage, maybe it's, you know, whatever it may print, maybe it's just solid colors, maybe it's, I don't know, whatever it may be, it takes time to build that. So you have to know that this is what makes you happy. This is what you want to be associated with it. And that's what you're going to stick to it, you know, because yeah. it's going to take four to six months for you to like get to a point where like you feel like a personal shopper versus like you're trying to get those people to watch your shows and trying to get them to stay in your shows, you know? Right. And you're so, just rattling off items just to rattle yeah, them off. Exactly. Like it's yeah, going to yeah, feel yeah. more real when you get to that point. Um, so when I go sourcing, like I obviously I'm looking at prices, but I'm also like, oh my gosh, I love this sweater. Like I grab just based off what it looks like. If it looks too complicated, I don't care what brand it is. Like I just found a designer dress and I was like, what do I do with this? Like this makes zero sense. <laughs> how do I show people like, this? How, well, if, I couldn't even figure out how to put it on. I was like, what is this? And I was like, I'm not, I'm not buying it because I, you'll see the frustration on my face. And as soon as I'm frustrated, you, no one else is going to be convinced to get it, you know? So I go by like how it, um, you know, how it feels, how it looks like for me instantly, if I can't picture an outfit with it, if I don't have that aha moment, I won't pick it up. If it doesn't, like I might find a free people top where I'm like, mm, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I won't buy it. I don't care if it's $3. Like I just won't get it, you know? Yeah. So that that's what works for me to get to that point. That's how I shop is it, it's got to make me happy. I am also thinking about my client. I'm like, Oh, I know that, you know, so-and-so said they were on the hunt for a cream sweater, you know, so I'll have like five options for them, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, but also keep in mind that, you know, you don't want to pay the price of whatever it may be. Sometimes you want to keep your cost of goods low that where your, your average even at your average, you're making money when you sell it at your bare minimum price. Yeah. Top or whatever. What's yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's shopping for shows is a completely different experience. And, you know, it can be a very quick trip. You could go into one store and find 20, 30 pieces and be done, you know, if depending on how big your show is and be done shopping. Um, or for me, like I usually spend maybe two days shopping. Like I like to go on Mondays. I, I always hunt down the deals. Um, you know, you, I go to my half off on this. I go to my dollar deal over here, whatever I can get for a dollar, <laughs> I will get it as long as it, it still makes me happy. Um, but even then I'll pay the five, six, seven dollars because it all evens out, you know? Yeah. I'll go to the, to the bin sometimes and get stuff there too. Um, but I also do retail arbitrage. So like the yellow tag is happening right now. Um, you know, so I went and I got thinking of my buyers, like what they were asking for last show. I found the neutrals, the skirts that they wanted, the, you know, dresses that they wanted. And so it's just a little bit of everything and, and just finding good deals to where your cost of goods is low enough that no matter what you are still making, you know, five, $10 profit, even if it sells at bare minimum $15 or whatever your set is. It's such an interesting <clears throat> process because it's so different from what I do, what a lot of people do, not just me. Um, and like having that mindset switch from just buying whatever it is that people are asking for and not necessarily worrying about the brand. It's more about the content of the fabrics and the piece and the way it looks and all that. And yeah. then the 
the price point of what things are selling yet. So like my mindset on that is totally different, but I'm not doing live sales. So for me, it's like, okay, well, I spent $20 on this, or I spent $75 on this. This is how much I need to make on this piece for it to make sense for me to live. Like, it's just a totally different way of doing it. And um, the other, I wanted to touch on this one thing before we kind of keep going. I know that you model all your pieces and I think it's great and it's lovely. And I enjoy seeing it as well. What would you say to those who can't model those pieces that they're selling? Cause it's just not their size or it's just, it's, yeah. or it's not in them to do it. Right. How could they go about emulating the show that you have, uh-huh. but fitting it so that they don't have to try out pieces? I would say if it's funny because again, my friend Jenna, she is um, pregnant and she's like, I can't try anything on. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. And she got her little mannequin. I told her, Jenna, she's like, I wish I could try on my key. I said, Jenna, use your mannequin. Just dress the mannequin. Show them how to Mark. wear the item. Like, you know, she named hers like Marge or something. And she'll, you know, put the pieces, add the belt. She'll do the same thing on a mannequin. That's it. That's all you have to do. There are pieces that I can't fit in, you know, in my show. I just hold them up. I put a hat on top of it. I put, I grab another piece off my rack. I think that's really important too, is try to plan outfits with stuff that you have on the rack and just hold it together and show, you know, this is how you could do it. Tuck it in, you know, and just hold the little hangers and, and you'd be surprised. Like how many people are like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. If you have a blouse, grab a leather jacket, put the jacket over the blouse, add the hat, hold a bag next to it. You know, there's ways you can style. Um, and it makes me think of like how Nordstrom's, I don't know if you see like Nordstrom started adding those videos. Yes. Like, I'm so-and-so and this is, you know, this item and they just have it hanging on there. And mm-hmm. like, if you just have, I, I'm thinking about getting one of those, um, that I don't know what they're called. They're, it's not like a wrap. But it's like a hook. Stick. Yeah. Right? Like a yeah, hook yeah. Yeah. Where you can mm-hmm. kind of hang things off of it. And so they can look at the item. So you're not even holding it. Cause I'm, you know, doing a lot of moving around during yeah, the show. Yeah. So it's just sitting on that rack and you can kind of like hold things up to it and show how, you know, how it can change if you're wearing a brown jacket with it, or a cream jacket, if you're wearing, you know, a sweater over it or not, or a skirt or pants, whatever it may be, there's ways of showing people that. And then if they still have questions, just be like, Hey, if you get this item and you don't know how to style it, message me. And that's where you need to become, I don't want to say an expert in like fashion. Cause you really don't have to, you could just go on Pinterest and just go like just Pinterest tan jacket with jeans and it'll give you all the outfits ideas and then you send it to that person because a lot of people don't understand pinterest which is you know a whole different um topic. maybe it's because i'm a millennial and pinterest was my life um, i know but, but everything on is on pinterest yes yeah. Yeah, everything like, is on pinterest yeah, exactly like <laughs> learn pinterest and get inspired if you don't if you're like i don't even know how to style these clothes i spend so much time on pinterest just getting ideas i'm on instagram constantly like my whole instagram reel is just like fashion you know which is why i deleted my tiktok because it was all like craziness but my instagram is just all fashion so i get constantly ideas of how to style and when i see a new way to button a, a, a men's button down shirt i go in that next show i learn it and i show the girls i'm like hey i have to show you this look at how you can wear this shirt you look at how you can wear it this way if you do it this way you know and so you do have to you know learn a little bit and like train yourself um, so that you do become that person that people are coming to for your quote, <laughs> um, fashion advice. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. I'm in leggings and like you know, <laughs> a sweatshirt, but like, I understand putting things together to where, you know, 
you're giving value to your buyers. You're not just selling them items. So yeah, that That makes sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think I, I love fashion. I've always loved fashion. I always like researching what's the latest thing. I'm already like on the podcast. Sure. We just did fall trends, but like, I'm already looking at spring and summer next year because it's already out there. So like fall and winter for next year is going to be coming out soon. So like, I'm already looking at all that stuff. And that's how I plan my sourcing. Yes, we record episodes based off the seasons that we're in, but like, we're already looking at everything else that's already happening. Because I think that's really important. I think if you want to have a constant flow of new buyers and people coming to you and people wanting your items, that's what you have to do. Unfortunately, we're in the business of fashion. You like what you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. but then there's like this whole other side of like being sustainable and saving things from the mm-hmm. landfill. It's like, it's yeah. very hard to like have both worlds in mm-hmm. there in a way that like, I don't know, that that's appeases why, the community. Does that make yeah. sense? But that's why I feel like live shows give you that opportunity. Because, they do. They do. Because you are flipping so many items so much faster. So if you're all about saving planet earth and sustainability, think of like, I sell hundred items like a week. You know what I mean? I pick up so many pieces. Um, so it's like, okay, I'm contributing. I'm, you know, flipping hundred to 300, well, more than that, four, 500 items a month. And that's a lot. If you it's really a lot of items of finding new homes for these places and half of them even stay in my closet, you know what I mean? And I yeah. always rotate my closet. I, I made a rule because I kept so much stuff. If I'm going to keep one, I got to take one out and put it in my show. And I always say this one came from my closet. Cause I kept this one, you know, mm-hmm. and I let the girls know, like, and they're like, Ooh, I want that, you know? Um, and the biggest thing is like the flips are happening so fast as far as like the trends go. Um, I think this is one of the biggest takeaways from live shows. And I think a lot of people, when they want to like grow their business in reselling, it's hard when you first start out because you don't have the money to do it. Like if you really Mm -hmm. think about it, like you spend the money. I mean, I was so, I don't want to say afraid. I would buy some items here and there, but then that money is sitting like, I was told this one brand was going to sell for $150. This dress, it was so trendy. Everybody wanted it. I paid, you know, it wasn't a lot, $25 for this dress that was supposed to sell for at least $150. It's been sitting in my closet for two years. Now, if you do that multiple times, you have thousands of dollars that you have invested sitting, like just sitting in your closet. You know what I mean? And, you know, of course you got to market and do all that to make sales. But when it comes to live sales, I can go out and spend $700, not even question it. $700 because I know that I can flip that literally the next day and maybe the following week and I will make all my money back. No questions asked. You know, there are items that don't sell. You know, I've got five, six, seven items that didn't sell. They literally linger. They'll go either in the next show or hold on to them for a couple of weeks and I put them up again and then they will sell because it's a totally different crew of people watching again, you know? So that's the best part about live sales is that you don't have money just sitting and you're like, and you feel like, oh my gosh, like when am I going to, you know, look at those docs right there. I still haven't listed them. I spent like 35, 40 bucks on them. List them now. This is the perfect time. I know. (laughs) Like I have, I have a pair of Gucci's that I have not listed like Esperalda that that would sell like right away. But I just like, and I still, I don't think we can be friends anymore. I know. I know because (laughs) because my mindset is so on live sales and I'm like, like it, so no okay stress. well you bring up a good point how do you balance it because I feel like live sellers don't have a balance with it 
they don't there's not honestly sometimes every once in a while I have to just force myself like even when I'm tired just say today's the day I'm gonna photograph so sometimes I've noticed what I like to do is collect a few items so like if I had one item to photograph I'm not gonna set up my whole like shoe photo situation photograph one item I will you know do have five to 10 pairs of shoes. And then I will just do it really quickly and then spread my listings out. You know what I mean? And do it that way. Um, I'm getting ready. I'm at that point where I do need to like photograph because I have, you know, listings that are sitting there. Um, but yeah, you just have to, you, you have to have a schedule and I'm getting to a point where I have my schedule. You know, I have my days I shop my Mondays. I always prep show. I wash everything, wash everything. Um, so Mondays are my laundry days. Tuesdays are my show days. Wednesdays, I tend to like either sneak into the shopping trip or like, this is the day where I should be getting listings done or, you know, accounting because Lord knows I haven't done any of that this year either. Thursdays are my shipping days, which is a full day, full time. I find you're like slowly plummeting down my list of friends right now. Your accounting isn't done. Come on. I know I have, you would die. Like I have the bind. I mean, like I'm a very good organized person. Like I'm very organized. I have like all the sheets. If I sat down, I could get it done in a day. But I just like my, my headspace are, okay, what am I doing? What do I got to do for the next show? You know what I mean? And so now that I've hired somebody to help me with shipping, oh, good. those are the days that like I technically should be doing all of that. So where if I'm working on a system. So again, it's one of those things you're just going to, you're going to learn as even as a business owner, you're going to learn where, when you can kind of like put things to mm. have a routine. I'm a routine person. Once I set a routine. I really stick to that routine and, but it has to be, it has to feel right. And that's just, I think my OCD-ness, like it has to be the right moment. (laughs) So like I figured out Thursdays are my best shipping days, you know, and it's always on Thursday. I'm not one to ship right after a show because Lord knows I'm going straight to sleep. I'm not one to ship the next day because my mental health is way more important than getting somebody their packages right away. And I tell that to my girls, like, sorry, it's going to be Thursday. Also, we're not Amazon. and. For the record, Amazon doesn't even ship next day anymore. So yeah, I'm like, I won't, I'm not that person. I'm sorry. But like, if I shipped the next day, we would, I would, I think my whole strategy and my system would have crumbled months ago. Yeah. So you have to find what works for you. And that's why my stuff isn't done because normally it would be completely done, but it just hasn't, I haven't found a way to slip that part in. You know, yeah. and I, I'm very much a person um, that does really good under pressure. So uh, when it comes time to it, I can get it done in like two days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Finding that time. But um, forgot what we were talking about. Sorry. Um, we were talking about the balance. <laughs> balance. <laughs> I got there you. you. Go. No balance here. Um, <laughs> I just, it just is finding a system that works for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it took me forever to figure out a system. Um, and every like couple weeks, I know that sounds so annoying. Every couple weeks I add something, something new in, and that's just how I've been able to like not burn myself out. I don't really get tired. I haven't taken a week off. I've never been like, Oh, I mean, I have days where I'm like, I do not want to do the show. And then I get on and I'm like, this is so much fun. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an, ex- it becomes exciting because I'm making fun out of it. I'm not, um, I'm not trying to be scale too fast by any means like I know my limits and I've hit those limits like like as far as like my goals like I remember when life selling came around I was like I want to sell five thousand dollars a month that is like a miracle you know and now I'm like doubling that and it's like why why push myself to 
do more stuff when, when I'm happy where I'm at, you know what I mean? So it's finding that balance of what you need, your bare minimums, what are your goals and don't do stuff that's going to get you out of your system and like overwork you and burn you out really quickly. Cause you can get burnt out very fast when it comes to life. I mean, like within three weeks, you could get really tired real fast, you know? So that's the biggest thing about balance is finding what works for you, finding your goals and not being like, um, what's the word? Um, there's a lot of money in it, not being sidetracked by the money and like wanting, not getting greedy. That's the word. Yeah. Don't get greedy too fast and have fun with it. Um, and you know, fit it in a way that you can, you'll notice you're, I don't want to say you're working less than when you're listing, but the stress is way, way smaller because you're flipping so fast. And if it doesn't sell in one show, you just put it in the next show and then it'll sell. Like it's going to be a different person watching the show. That's going to buy it. I've had a jacket not sell three weeks in a row and fourth week. I'm like, this is the last time you're going to see it before I list it. And then it sells for $40. Like what is wrong with for people that have seen it the last three shows? Right. Right. Don't know in the moment where, you know, where, when they want something, you know, it's going to happen. So as far as balance goes, that's, that's my, that's my thing. Just put a little bit at a time and then go get comfortable with that, you know, and then do it again. Yeah. For me, it's, I got to collect enough items for me to be like, okay, I'm ready to list. And then once I get listed, it takes me two hours to photograph. I have a system, you know, photographing shoes, for example, like very quick for me. Like I can get that done very fast, but I just want to have enough items to where I'm not wasting two hours, just taking pictures of two items, you know? So do you think you have to list and life sell, or can you just life sell and never list again? You could just live sell and never list again. Um, but the problem with that is if something happens, then you're in trouble. You know what I mean? Um, which there was a point where live sales were very glitchy. Um, I thought I lost the whole show after six hours. Like, you know, there was a point where that was happening. Like what was going to happen to people? There are still some glitches that I've seen where people can't bid, you know? So you don't want to lose the aspect of like having some listed inventory. So you still have a little bit that, you know, comes in here and there. And that's just up to you. How many of those pieces you, you have for me, if it doesn't list, like sometimes if I model that those clothes, um, I already have half of my photos done. So I just take a couple of quick photos and I can just list it and let it sit there. And then if somebody has requests, I've had people go in and they're like, oh, can you run this item? And I'm like, yeah, let's bring it back in the show. And that's another way of like having those listings up and then uh, encouraging people to request items from your actual live closet. And it doesn't mean you have to sell for $15. You can be like, oh, this dress is listed for 200. I can, the best deal I could do today is 135. And if you run it and somebody buys it, great. If not, it stays listed in your closet. But I think it's important to still have a couple of active listings um, because if you're applying promoted listings, you're bringing those people to your closet via promoted listings. They're seeing your notifications listing. It's like a whole circle of life. That, mm -hmm. you know, if if there's an opportunity there, I would say do both. It doesn't, I mean, like I said, I don't list that often, um, but I always have, I notice I do pick up some higher end brands now more often than I would have before because I have the money to do it now and I'm not worried about it just sitting there. And maybe I pick up three designer pairs of shoes and 
those can sit for as long as they feel like and they sell for and I'm not worried about like getting that money back right away yeah that makes sense so you're you're basically, you've used live sales to increase your capital so that you can make these investment purchases and have these traditional listings up. And you're now attracting a certain buyer to come in who now is going to see that you're going live and maybe they've already bought from you before. And they're like, oh, well, let's see what she has on this live show. And it's just this whole secular exactly. thing. You would be surprised how many, again, it goes back to building those relationships and those people trusting you. You're going to have those people that, yeah, they paid $15 in the show, but then they're like, oh my gosh, she's got some beautiful dresses. I give, I always say my return customers always get the best deals. Right. And I, I've given some really good deals, obviously like on my designer pieces, like I still have to, you know, I have my right. limit, um, but I can give them better deals um, because I know they always shop with me, they're a return customer, but those people constantly well, so if you do have nicer items, people from your shows that maybe are buying $15 and only paying $15 because people aren't bidding, the idea is that they're trusting you and they're learning, um, you know, they're learning more about you and they're getting to know you so that when they go in your closet and they see the, you know, the Gucci shoes, they know that they're going to get good quality items from you because right. it's, I'm telling you it's happened multiple times where these girls that constantly spend $15 here, $15 here. And then one day they're like, buy $600 worth, you know, three items, $600. And I'm like, like, don't twist my arm, you know? Right. Right. It's all, it all kind of supports itself. So live sales are a great way to do quick flips, get the money, use some of that money, you know, to do whatever you need to do in your personal life, then reinvest it into a little bit more expensive pieces. Um, and then just, you know, that's how you set yourself up for like long-term success. Really. If you really think about it, like I have like my money, it's so funny the way I, I'm one of those people like out of sight, out of mind. So like for my taxes, I it's, this is going to be so stupid, but I use the cash app and it takes out $40 every week. I don't see it. I don't, I don't know about it. And then every once in a while I log in, I'm like, Oh, there's money in there. You know, I don't touch it. Yeah. You know, I lose like 2% when I deposit it back in. But at least I know I have that money for taxes because once it's out, it's out, you know? And then like yeah. another thing is like, it goes out to a different account. Like, cause I don't have, you know, all the fancy accounts set up yet or the LLC. I, this was my first year, like really doing this good. Right. Right. Here I'm going to be prepared. I promise. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, um, you'll have a lot more income coming in to where you can kind of play with a little bit more. You can still buy like the cheaper items and really like build that clientele because you want them to see, you know, a little bit of, of the other items and more high-end items that they have. Some people put high-end items in their shows too. You know, again, that's your prerogative. Um, sometimes I bring in pieces and I'm like, hey, the lowest I can take on this is this. If somebody wants it, this is your chance to get it, you know, and that's worked for me. Um, but then some people run items at $3, $15 and they've built that clientele. So they know that their designer item is going to sell for three, $400 at least. So yeah. it's just a matter of finding a system, what works for you and using live sales to market your closet and using your closet to market your live sales. And it all just kind of like. Do wait. you think the future live selling? Well, first of all, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think that's quite clear. Um, yeah. But do you think that it's going to become a thing where everyone's going to have to eventually jump on board with it? Or do you think it will kind of stay the way that it is where it's, you've got your traditional people selling the way that they do. And then you've got people who do live sales and a little bit of traditional selling in there. 
I think it's going to stay a little bit of everything because I don't think, I don't think there's going to be any, because look at what's happening on whatnot. I thought whatnot was a live sale only app, but now you can buy yeah. stuff that's not in their live sales too. So I don't think traditional listing is going to go away by any means um, because that means the platform loses money too, because not everybody wants to be on live sales either. Right. So, um, and then vice versa too. I don't think everybody's going to want to do live sales, um, because they're going to come on and be like, mm, nope, I don't want to, you know, make $10 on this item. And, you know, I would rather list and wait, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> like, and that just works for them. Like they don't want to have to commit a full day, full two days, basically of, you know, a show and then shipping. And that's too much for them because they can't, you know, it doesn't fit their life. Yeah. It doesn't fit their lifestyle. So I think it's just, it's going to stay, it's going to weave in and out of people's lives. I know there's some people that have said, I'm never doing sales, have figured out a strategy of like, you know, um, every once in a while they'll pop on just to kind of clear out some items. Is that going to work long-term? I don't know. Maybe for her clientele, um, people don't necessarily want stuff that doesn't sell, you know, <laughs> like they right. want new, fresh items, like to be seen. And I think uh, a perk of doing live sales is whatever is trending right now today, I can see what's you trending. Sell today. It. I can literally go to the store, buy it, find it, bring it in and be like, here you go. You can be on trend within three days, three business days, you know, right, right. So, like that's the perk of live sales is like, you don't have to necessarily rely on forecasts and things like that. Um, but I definitely think it'll stay mixed for a while. I don't think it's going to go in. I don't think any, either of it is going to go away because yeah. people are just, I think people need to be, they want new entertainment. And now that the writer strike is happening, listen, real house with <laughs> Posh, Poshmark. Here we go. This is, this is where you make your mark now. <laughs> this is it. This is, uh, this is it. And, um, there was a rumor for a minute there, you know, they were going to do like, they were casting for like reseller stuff. They were trying to do like a interesting, yeah, there was a little, oh, I don't think it ever like panned out. Somebody reached out to me. They were like, someone's going to reach out to you. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then like, it just never panned out. So I think, you know, make it what you can and be entertaining and give people value. And you could be, anybody could be successful. <clears throat> I agree with you. And you can, you can, whether it's just one show a month and you build that anticipation with your clientele and be like, Hey, it's a styling show. I'm going to be here. We're going to bring in some great pieces, whatever it may be, and do it one time a month. It's going to help your closet no matter what, because when you make a sale, Poshmark's like, oh, this person's making sales. You're going to make more sales. That's just, it's right. just Poshmark likes to do things, you know? Um, people are engaging, like people are sharing, people are liking in your closet because they're saving sizes that they're ready to see, you know, in your show. It just shows the algorithm that there's activity happening and it always will be positive. Um, a positive thing for you, like in your regular closet, no matter what, even if you do one show a month, it's going to be, it's a good thing for you, you know? So yeah. Uh, Poshmark wants us to spend all their, all our time on there. That's yeah, what they exactly. want. And I mean, <laughs> I'm in, I've like, you know, we were just talking about this. Like I'm not on eBay. I've a Mercari that's been on vacation every month. I have to update it. I'm finally <laughs> going to just delete it because, you know, I think this goes into the business mindset is, you know, if you're putting and I was just having this conversation with somebody from Poshmark. They were like, if you put all your eggs 
one or not if you're putting if you spread your you know eggs everywhere <laughs> you're gonna be you. like you're just gonna be so like it's like social media if you have 20 different accounts and you get to create content for every account nothing's gonna be successful because right it's tiktok is different than instagram instagram is different than pinterest you know pinterest is different than facebook whatever lemonade and, it's and a all lot spread <laughs> all everything is different everything is different but if you can focus maybe on two platforms so if ebay and and i a lot of people are starting to like process that they're like, wait, I make 80% of my sales on Poshmark and, you know, 10% of my sales on eBay. And then everything else is like trickles in. What's the point? What's the point of spending all your time on Mercari to make one sale every three months? There's literally like, I get it like cross list and, you know, the more people are out there, but if you don't have items that, you know, people want, like it's, just don't do it. Like you're wasting a lot of time that you could spend on learning how to market one platform and getting people to that platform where you can make all of your money. It's interesting perspective. Everyone's perspective is so different. It's just so interesting to hear how everyone approaches it because it, and this is the best thing about reselling, right? It is so individualized to you as the seller. It's what you want to do. It's the way that you want to set up your business model and everyone's business model could be different and everyone could be successful. So like it's, but hearing the stories of how these different people do it and who have these different business models, it just makes you sit back and think and be like, oh, all right. Well, I mean, she made some really great points. Like I never thought of it that way. Um, so I really appreciate this conversation <laughs> that you had with yeah. me tonight. It was really, really insightful because I've never been like against live sales, but it's just, it doesn't fit my life right now. It doesn't fit my business right now. Who's to say that one day I won't do it? What you had alluded to, like once a month kind of thing. I've always thought about that, like once a quarter, like a quarterly drop kind of thing, right? Um, But I'm just not in a space to do that. So I'm not against them. I just feel like we all have to take into consideration what our life looks like, what we have time for. And continue to watch what people like you are doing because mm-hmm. it's only going to help us in the long run when we do want to take that plunge, right? And try to do it. Same thing with when we as resellers admire those who list items and we mm-hmm. go to their closets and we want to see what are they selling? What's working for them? It's the same concept. It's just live selling. You're listening and watching someone yeah. and in the closet, you're scrolling in bed and you're just kind of looking to see what people have in their closet. But Exactly. This was really insightful. So thank yeah, you so much for of this. Course. And I mean, if for anybody that's interested in in trying live sales um, or like contemplating doing it, I would say like you like you mentioned, really start watching. You don't have to shop these sales. Start watching. Jump. There are so many different types of shows. Um, you know, from mine, from you know, um the other like trendy girls that do like, you know, try ons and stuff Mm -hmm. do like share shows, um, to, you know, just bag shows, like late night shows, midday shows, watch what they do. Look at their setups. My, my live show setup has changed again because it grow every, every time like something different happens and like my shows grow or whatever, I need more space or whatever. Maybe I figure out what, what am I using? What am I not using? What do I like? What do I don't like? And that's just from experience and it's the same rule applies. Even if you're not doing shows, watch the shows, really take mental notes of like, what do you like? What got your attention during that show? Mm -hmm. What works in that show? Do you like the $3 starts? 
I don't know. Some people love making a quarter. I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it, it, it is what it is. Like you, you got to know what works for you. Do you want to have a set price on everything or do you want to have, um, you know, like, oh, these are going to be 15, but then there's a couple of pieces that are going to start at 25 because of what you invested. You're allowed to do whatever you want. Just go out there and watch shows when you're just scrolling Instagram or whatever, or I don't know, just jump into a show and just be like, take five minutes and see if it got your attention. If you're like, mm, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. Then, you know, like you don't like that setup. You don't like that background. You don't like that lighting. Like I have like one thing that a lot of people comment on my shows is my lighting because I have three lights. I like, it is bright. Okay. It is bright in my office because I want people to see it. Like I want people to yeah. see the items. It is like a whole setup, you know, it's like a whole production in my show. Um, we have music, we've got playlists, like we've got things going on. It's crazy. And a lot of people comment on there. You got my attention because of your lighting, you know, like, so see what works best for you. Maybe it's just one ring light. I know Jenna and I both have like three lights and her shows are always very well lit. Um, so I'm trying to think of other examples, but just go through like what do people say how do they hold things do they try stuff on um you know do they do they make their items cute like or are they just right. you know, holding in their hands or are they you know styled on a hanger there's so many different things that you could be doing and if you're not ready to pull the trigger on a show start writing down what's getting your attention um so and that's what I did when I didn't have access to posh shows I was watching shows left and right and being like I don't like that I don't like that setup I don't like this part I don't like the music um, you know, and you, you'll, you'll figure out what works for you. So when you are ready, you can kind of just show up and be like, I'm here. Everything's perfect. <laughs> you know, right. And right. From there. And then of course, like if you don't have success, your first show, it does not mean shows don't work. Like you have to figure out a schedule. If that's once a month, if it's once a week, if it's once every other week, whatever that works for you, make sure your, your buyers know that your, you know, your marketing says that and keep building that, like almost like not an email list, but you know what I mean? Like the notification list, build that while you're waiting to go live, because that makes a huge difference is, you know, having that consistency and being able to say, okay, I'll see you guys in two weeks. Let me know if you're looking for something in particular and I'll make sure I grab it. That's like the whole handle that I say. Okay, I'll see you guys next Tuesday. If there's anything you're shopping for, let me know and I'll see if I can find it for you out, you know, while I'm out and shopping this weekend. That's it. Like, you know, that's what people want to feel included. Yeah. And um, and they, you know, if they're going to show up to support you, they want to make sure that you're going to show up when you say you're going to show up too, I guess. I don't know. I think that's a good Well, those idea. are all very good tips. <laughs> and so uh, thank you. Yeah. I hope this was fun for you. I, she was so very much fun. looking forward to coming on oh to the podcast. Very much. Where you're like, hey, do you want to come? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. I know because I love listening to your podcast. I'm such a podcast person, but it, again, like same thing. It has, it has to get my attention. And I'm very like, I get distracted very easily. And your podcasts are really easy to listen. And there's a lot of great tips, um, you know, and even like talking with other people that are on your shows and um, the trends and stuff. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes I don't have time to go look for trends. So I'll just look for podcasts where they're telling yeah. me this is what's working. This isn't what, what's, what's not working right now. Like, you know, really quickly while I'm on my way to actually shopping or shopping, that's when I usually listen. So, you know, um, so yeah, but I appreciate you guys putting in the time and effort into creating this platform for all of us. 
Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It's been four years of love, oh my uh, which is crazy, oh but um, yeah, it's fun. And it's just a different side of uh, reselling that you get to expose to the community because yeah. there's so many people out there. Like we discover new people every day that we can talk to, to come on here and just learn a bunch of things, home goods, vintage, whatever it is. Like I, we're on the hunt to find like someone who does car parts, like the random things that none of us really understand. Yeah. And it's like, I want to learn that. Tell me more about how you do this, you know, because there's more to reselling than fashion. There's exactly. so much more to it. There's so much. I love um, all the people that do like home goods because I yes. love like decor and stuff, but I also don't buy decor for myself. So I love like when they find unique pieces. And again, that's one of those things that like, it could be your thing. If that's what you're happy about, yes. you just find how you can make that work for you. I don't know if you could, I mean, you could do it on live sales. Um, People do it on live sale. We had someone come on and she does it on live sales and she is super successful at it, but it's uh, on whatnot, not possible. Yeah. See, and that's a market that maybe um, there is a space like for, you know, there's a lot of us that do fashion already, but there's not a lot of people that are doing like all the other categories. Mm -hmm. Like baby clothes, baby clothes are the cutest little things ever. Like you can make the cutest little outfits for people that don't know how to put outfits. Like I've had friends that are like, oh my gosh, this is the cutest little outfit you brought for my, you know, little mm -hmm. girl or whatever. Cause I just put pieces together. If you're good at that, there's a whole market for little outfits for babies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you just find what works for you, what makes you happy. And you put the time and effort into it. It's gonna, it's gonna work for you. No matter, no matter how you do it, as long as you love doing it, I think yeah. you're gonna have fun with it and you're gonna have success with it. Well, I guess I should let you go at this point because it's, it's been a really <laughs> long going. time. This be, I could keep going, but I'll let you go. <laughs> Stop it. Um, well, this was fun and yeah. we'll have to do this again. Maybe we'll do a topic of like things. This is what we should do. Maybe we should do this for the Patreon group, Sonia. Ready? We will talk about the styles and the trends that are selling in your live shows that are consistently trending that you're always buying for your peeps. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good idea. Because there, but are that's like bonus content for just the Patreon group. Sorry, yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You, so you gotta come, come over there. Yeah, come listen to us over there. Yes, I love that. I love that idea because there are definitely pieces that you know I call them my stalker pieces. Yes. Always All right, we're gonna we're gonna plan this out. We're gonna create yes. it. We're gonna do oh, it. I love it. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Jen and I will be back next week to chat with all of you. Bye.